Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. And today it's just Tanya Ryan, and I have a very special guest. I'm so excited. Jillian White has decided to join me today. Hi, Jillian. How are you? Hello. I'm so good. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk to you. And I I have to tell you this because I... I feel like this is the, the, whatever the karma that we have to pass on or whatever, but you end up in a lot of my conversations, like just with other people. And I hear just nothing but glowing things about you. Like people will go into your workshops or your circles or your classes and just have nothing but just amazing things to say about you, that your energy is spectacular, that you're just such a light. And it's such a like, you're just such a great person to work with and to learn from. And so I just wanted to just let you know that that's your, those are your Yelp reviews. (laughs) Well, oh my word. Well, that's wonderful. However, I really like to go in low. I'd like people to greet me with a low expectation (laughs) and they're never disappointed. Now, like, how do I live up to that? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So let's just, we'll set the bar for for the listeners today. We'll just be like, Jillian White is okay. Everybody, she (laughs) is completely medium, mediocre. That's what we can expect from our chats today is a solid medium. I love a solid medium because there you can always grow from that. <laughs> I find people who sit on pedestals, that is a long way to fall down. It's, and I do not want to fall. <laughs> it's it's true. I uh I relate to that sentiment. So I'm I'm excited to have you here because um uh between like Melanie, Jen, and I, um, each of us has really explored our spirituality in what I feel is like pretty different ways that we have, like, we're, if we were all painters, we would have different mediums, we would have different colors, we would just work in different ways. And um, I, the path I've went down is definitely more of like the witchcraft, the tarot, um, kind of, I, to me, it's like the spooky Halloweeny dark alley of spiritual land. Like I'm also very obsessed with shadow work and um, just kind of like the dark corners, I guess, of spirituality is what I find captivating. And so I'm excited to have someone I can talk to about witchcraft and, um, even just like, uh, like kind of pagan holidays and things that like the ways that the witches kind of operate or celebrate. So, but that said, I don't, I didn't want to like title you as like, be like Jillian White is here and she's a witch, but if that's <laughs> like, so, so what I wanted to ask you first is kind of like, how do you identify? Like what's, uh, what's your spiritual identity or do you even have one or what's like, what do you lay claims to? Cause I know some people are, I'm a green witch or I'm a hearth witch oh. or, you know, I, anyways, do you have like a title that encapsulates what you do? Not really. You know, I've always been a very eclectic student and I follow the path of my soul. So whatever my soul call for, I dive deep into from various practices from, you know, Reiki healing work from uh, feng shui, which is my base and soul path. And being a witch for me, it was actually just a way of being from a young age. I knew why well, I stood out in the way because you can't see me here through the podcast, but I stood away because out 
stood out because of my mixed race. So my brother and I never really fit in. So we were already outside in this box back in the day. Nowadays, it's more acceptable, which is great. <laughs> but at the time, it was an oddity. And so, But I also, I always had a sixth sense or a knowing about things. I knew things about people before they knew it about themselves. I can see it. I can smell it on them. So I always had this thing about me and I didn't realize what it was. And I guess I put a title on it as being a witch, not until later on in my young adult years, maybe in my 20 years. So that's about 20 years ago. Um, geez, I just aged myself, but <laughs> I don't identify. I first started um, my learning a little about witchery is through Dianic, which is actually a religious space. It's more of the feminist um, base, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a religious practicing witch, There's such as Wicca or paganism. I'm very eclectic. I follow more of a Celtic spirituality, which is of my ancestors on my dad's side, the Scottish and the Irish. And then a little bit of my African and Native American heritage uh, starting to trickle in there a little bit more. I've been um, investigating that a little bit more, but a lot of it's just innate knowing and me discovering. <laughs> So you mentioned before we hit record, you just mentioned that you've been uh, like very self-led in your practice. So it's been very you exploring from your own kind of personal space. So can you tell me like a little bit about even just how that started? So you you said, you know, you knew things about people before they knew. Um, so I would just love to know how you kind of went down this self-discovery, like kind of how that unfolded and maybe like peeling back the layers of that onion, so to speak, or I, I like to call it like the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, like where you just stick a foot in yeah. and then all of a sudden you're just spiraling down. Into that like exactly. That's what exactly happens. And then you're like, how did I get here? Wow. <laughs> this was not planned. None of this work that I do was planned. My only plan when I was growing up was to be a stay-at-home mom. It was my dream goal and to have a rainbow family. And if you look at my family, we're very rainbow. <laughs> So even when I'm screaming at the kids, I keep thinking I'm living the dream. I chose this path. <laughs> Good Lord. Anyways, so everything that I've that's led me here is just me listening. So I was actually on the way to a family reunion um, and I we stopped at a place in was it Winnipeg area or Manitoba. I can't remember. And I found this book in a random shop and it was about the Dianic. And I wish I had the book Woman Mysteries. I'll have to look it up and let you know, but it's a fantastic book, but it made a lot of sense. And it just put things in, it just, it said, oh, this is what I do, you know? And I started reading books like from Scott Cunningham and just like, oh, well, I already do this. So it was more of a confirmation. And then when I started traveling and, and just researching more and whatever called my soul. So again, I'm very eclectic in a way of, I, I draw from a lot of books. I did have a coven that was part of for many years. And that was more of like a study group kind of thing that really helped us work on our craft. And so I'm a very eclectic, which I think most people are just as people are they are who they are. They have their soul's path. You uh, will teach tarot in a different way than other people teach tarot, right? You, you infuse it with your soul's language. And I feel we all have our own soul's language. So we take bits and pieces like recipe, but we make it our own by adding those extra spices. 
Does that make sense? My oh my God. <laughs> Kate, no, I love this metaphor because it's actually something I use when, or if I end up in a conversation with someone, um, because I also, I would say was like a little bit more self-led or self-taught and also borrowed from books, but I would also find just like, actually when I do cook, I'm horrible at following a recipe. Cause I'm like, okay, I see how you have suggested this much of that ingredient, but I'm actually going to replace it with this ingredient. Cause I think I would like it better. Yeah. And I find that when I read books with witchcraft and practices that I'll be like, okay, I see what you're going for here, but I'm just going to swap this out for this. And I'm going to move this here. And actually this feels like more me. So I think cooking is such a good interpretation because it's an art, like it's a craft. It's something that you get to personalize and customize and it's not chemistry or, or a science. Exactly. I think it has legs in that area as well. Um, but that there is room to create your own yeah, language, I guess. I really like how you use that word as well. Yeah, it's like your witch's vocabulary and you're building upon this recipe. Like, you know, I always say to people when I'm teaching, take what resonates and forget the rest because the, the rest isn't what is for you. That will not take you onto that path of your soul kind of thing. So take bits and pieces and grow from that kind of thing. I find if you work from, and it, for me, magic um, spell works, weirdings, which is spell work, spell casting. It's really has to come from a space of feeling and intention. And if you're, you're just playing at lip service, like, you know, reading it from a book, but it, you don't weave your own magic, your own heart into it, your own soul's language. It, it just doesn't, it might, you might get a 30% change in your life, but the 70% comes from your soul's truth. I love that. And I think that's so validating because I, I think and I don't know if you find this but I think a lot of people when they start exploring spirituality witchcraft like and you name it any branch of anything that there's so much self-doubt like there's so much like did I know that or did I hear that or did I intuit that like there's so much questioning mm -hmm. that I think that it's just so important to reinforce that like we have an innate knowing that each individual person has an innate knowing that can be trusted and that should be followed because like, just like, um, I don't know, this has come up a lot in the past for me. So say songwriters, right. Would be like always trying to come up with an original idea. And it's like, but could you imagine how many songs wouldn't exist if someone was like, yeah, but someone already wrote a love song. So right? why would I bother writing a love song? Because someone already did it. And it's going like, well, that love song, I'll just sing that person's love song because it's already there versus coming up with something from your voice, your heart, your spirit, and how that will like manifest itself totally differently and even resonate with a different group of people or, you know, more people or less people. But, you know, I just think that that's really, really important. And I love that you validated that. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's right. And there is no original idea. You know, it all comes from somewhere. It's rooted from somewhere. So that's why we put in our own selves into it. Our own flavor. Yeah, our um, own flavor. <laughs> do you have any, like, so say someone is looking to explore or experiment with witchcraft or um, just kind of like, I guess, stretch their legs in this direction. Do you have any favorite books that you would recommend? Well, yeah, the woman, I have my books right here. If I can see them. Uh, teacher I really like a book and author is Ellen Duggan it's a good it's a good base Scott Cunningham any of those um, he has a book on solitary 
for solitary witches. Um, you know, for me personally, like, yeah, like it was nice to connect with others. And now that we have all this online um, groups that you can join, you can get a lot of interesting insight there. But however, I find that can sometimes take you down a really different kind of rabbit hole. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of contradictory or um, strong beliefs that this is the only way to do it. And I'm like, oh, really? No, you know, falling, oh, you should do a spell on this because it's a full moon or a new moon or, and it's very rigid and these rules. And I just feel like that's going off the, it's taking off the path of your soul. It's really going back to listening to your truth. Like, and it is about trust. It's like nature, nature trusts itself. It just follows the wind, <laughs> the tides, you know, it just flows. And that's how I feel it's best for us. So if you hear um, a title of a book that really resonated, or if you're walking through chapters and a book just stands out, don't question it and grab it, grab it and see what it has for you. And that's, that's really how my path started. Even from becoming a feng shui teacher, I was at home a little sad that day. And I got one of those community newsletters and I opened it up while my little one's sleeping. And I'm like, Ooh, what's this? feng shui and I called it feng shui because I didn't know how to pronounce it but it said oh it brings happiness and balance and healing to your home I'm like oh my gosh I need that and I didn't question it and I went you know so it's really just trusting and and listening to those little voices or little little lights within yourself that ignites you and you're like oh I need to read that but I always say Scott Cunningham and Ellen Duggan those are great ones to start with that I can think of offhand right now I'm trying to look at my books and I can't see other ones that stand out right now no that's yeah. beautiful I love it and I again this goes back to like I like how it's like look for those books that stand out to you or that call out to you because again you're kind of really reinforcing that that innate knowing is within and that your own path is again something that like you can kind of fall back into and and trust and then I just want to like branch on that whole like full moon thing so I make these full moon ritual kits and so every now and then I'll get a text or a message from someone and they'll be like oh my gosh I miss the full moon and I have your like yes. can I do it on a different day and I'm always just like like, is time even real? Come on. Like time's elastic. Just time travel back to that moon or like, uh, cause often too, I'm talking to new moms or, or moms with young kids. They're like, Oh, I just got so busy. And I just, I just totally missed it. Or I didn't have the energy. And I'm like, nature knows that like, there's like mother nature is a mother too. Like she's going to have a lot of grace for someone who is participating in that act of motherhood. And so I, uh, like, I just, I guess I agree, but maybe I'm just this confirmation bias for me today or whatever, but I, uh, I just so agree that there's there like the, those fixations or those fixed rules seem so like, it's like, again, going back to the cooking says who and why, like, okay, sure. We shouldn't eat raw chicken. That's a good rule. Yeah. Like, I think there's some yeah. rules make sense, but then there's other ones that are like, well, here's the exact temperature. You should cook the chicken and don't deviate from that. It's like, but why though? Like, I always just want to challenge it or push back on it. So, um, anyways, yeah. I, so I like, I like that you're really just like really emphasizing that, that coming back into self. And I think it's another thing that we struggle with and I see it predominantly in women, but I work predominantly with women where again, yeah. that seems to be that imposter syndrome seems to be so popular and that questioning and, and constantly looking for that outside source to like guide or show the way when I think the best thing to do is like keep empowering ourselves back into ourself for that 
navigation. Absolutely. And, and you're right. Like, guess what? Any time is a good time to do magic, to do intention work, to yeah. manifest, to self-love, to take care of yourself. And when you're listening to your soul, not to outside sources, not to certain ideas or belief system, when you're listening to yourself, that is where the magic grows. That is the magic, listening to your wisdom and trusting it. Yeah, so every day is a good day to do magic. And the, the moon's out all the time, <laughs> if we see it or not. It's powerful no matter what phase it's in. We're powerful in whatever phase we're in, maiden, mother, and crone. We're all powerful whatever phase we're in. That's my, that's my belief anyways. You can take it or leave it, I say to people. <laughs> I love that so much. So <laughs> part of my motivation for meeting with you, like at this specific time is that I was also curious or uh, excited about exploring Samhain. And so if you read it, if so, if you are a self-practicing witch, you might have seen it as Samhain because Celtic words right? are tricky. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Yeah. <laughs> which I have come to learn at Samhain is the pronunciation, but if I'm wrong, you should tell me. No, that's um, how I was taught. So, you know, unless we were taught wrong and that's okay. It still responds to it. <laughs> I would just love to know, like, I don't know if you want to even like encapsulate what Samhain is or, or how like we could define it. Um, but I would love to know some ways that if someone is like kind of branching down this path, like for instance, like I kind of celebrated my first Yule, like last year, I was like, Oh, and it was such a weak celebration. I was like, but I'm going to grow every year, just a little bit more like yeah. emphasis on this holiday. Um, but if someone was looking to celebrate Samhain or kind of like participate or, or honor it in some way, like either maybe sharing some things you do for it or some ways that you think someone could, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, so, and so I loved what you said there about how you did your first Yule and it was just little, but you're like, but it can grow. Well, that is following the seasons of a wheel. It's cyclical. It's a spiral, but it's a spiral dance that goes upwards. So every time we come back to the same lessons so it can learn and grow you know, and, and go deeper into the teachings. So that's exactly what you do. You just play with it and it takes a little bit that resonates. And if it's just a little quick fire burning, awesome. That's celebrating and that's movement and that's growth. So Samhain is, um, well, it means summer's end and it's the witch's new year. It's the third, the last harvest festival of the year. There's three harvest festivals and it's the last one. And so we, we watch the seasons of the year and, and see what's going outside. So you see that everything's going to sleep, falling away and, and dying. <laughs> People are like, oh, death, right? No, death is rebirth, actually. It's a great opportunity to let go what isn't serving you anymore. It's looking, how did our harvest go? And, you know, it doesn't mean just harvest, like, you know, you're the farmer kind of thing, but how did your even work, your relationships? That's your harvesting. What, what did it look like? And, and what can you learn from and then let go and then do better in the coming year? So we're preparing for the darker season going inward. So we still a little bit busy right now, preparing and finishing things up, finishing projects, and then we're entering the quiet year. Uh, so saw one. What else? What can we do at this time? Well, any of the fun festival things, uh, like for, it's a great time because the veil's very thin. 
to connect with your ancestors. And this is my most favorite thing to do is connecting with my ancestors. And it can be a simple ritual of creating a little altar honoring past loved ones, lighting a candle in the evening. You can set a table setting for them at dinner time and then take that food out. Chrissy put food on their plate and offer a prayer or thanks thanksgiving kind of um, gratitude prayer to them and then take that food and you have a fire because it is a fire festival too so you take your on your food offerings and offer it to the fire another great thing is um, letting go of debts they all say we have debts at this time of year so let's burn those debts so you write down what do you owe and what do you want to let go of and um, heal those debts and you write that and burn it and also it's about what it what do you want to invite into your life so it's and there's a need fire spell as well so then you write down things that you need in your life that you're calling in and then you burn that and let that go <laughs> it's simple as that um there's from you know divination's a great it's a great time for divination it's a great time to go trick-or-treating and and um actually because they say that spirits are so close to us because of Ailson, this is why people started dressing up like hiding themselves to blend in with the ghouls and the ghosts kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, this is so I'm, I'm loving this right now. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is so fun. It's so inspiring and so educational. And I've already like, I've, I'm so grateful to you for coming today. Cause this is, this is so wonderful. So, okay. I, I would love, um, cause I feel like, and I might be wrong in this, so please correct me, but I feel like you're, you are, you share your practice with your family. Like you get them involved in anything. I'm sure you don't impose anything, but you share with them. So is there anything you can like suggest if someone wants to get their family involved in, in celebrating Samhain? Like, I mean, maybe even just dressing up for Halloween is part of it, but is there anything specific you could do to like get your kids involved or as like a group project <laughs> well the big one is, is actually having a big meal together and talking about the ones that passed as i find western society we tend to avoid the conversation around death and death is part of life so make that a healthy conversation and invite our loved ones at the table and let's talk about them they want to be remembered and honored so that's such a beautiful ritual to do with your family and 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 having that plate at the table for them for me that's really um beautiful practice and I've done with my family my kids however a lot of they usually just ignore me and I do my thing but they but they, they participate <laughs> sometimes not so willingly or sometimes very willingly <laughs> but that one they do love talking about and hearing the story you know of you know the my grandparents um and yeah it's just I think it's a beautiful thing to honor the whole time you're talking what this is really reminding me of is in more recent years i've become very enamored with um latina latino culture oh yeah and mm -hmm. this is very like dia de los muertos right like where it's that um so if anyone's not familiar with um the day of the dead it's essentially it's on november 1st and it's essentially this huge celebration where there's like it's very themed around creating um this altar which I'm the name escapes me at this moment. It may come back to me. Um, but you create this altar where you place all your ancestors' pictures, you put out their favorite foods, you like lay out their favorite items. Um, that's where sugar skulls come from, is that they would sculpt these skulls out of sugar and then you'd paint them and you would ordain them in with their favorite 
images or flowers, or that's where those pretty skulls come from. And so this is very much in alignment with that. And this is what I also find so interesting about, um, like, I guess, uh, culture crossover is that we do have so many parallels in, in these things, which I don't know if that's, um, just coincidence or, you know, whatever, but I, I find that so fascinating. And so I, anyways, I just love that this is kind of all tying into kind of that similar mindset because ofrenda, that's what it is. That's what, oh, the, uh, yes. that's what the altar is called. And we built one last year. So now I'm just like really excited to put it up for this year. Cause I can kind of double it down as a Samhain celebration too. So I can kind of cross and mingle these things that I enjoy and like celebrating. Well, they are all connected. So our ancestors, they didn't, they weren't connected via the web. They were connected through the energies of nature. So of course they have very similar teachings and belief systems because they're watching the same show, (laughs) right? So they're all getting their, their show and their signs from nature and they followed suit and puts you back into the flow here and now in often these modern times, which are such a gift and a blessing, but also it's, it's caused havoc in our lives you know, Christmas, we're supposed to be dialing down, but instead we're revving things up and no wonder people get depressed and, and scattered and ungrounded and unhappy because we're going against our natural tides within. So I love that you brought that up because they, they, there are so many similarities from even from learning from feng shui and connecting with the elements there from Celtic spirituality, from native American teachings, they all have a beautiful, very similar teachings because I feel that's my belief is because they really were connected (laughs) to the same source that we have disconnected ourselves from. I hope that you will come back and we can talk about Yule and that time of year, because I feel like that would be like such a cool circle back. I won't obligate you to that. Um, I'm so grateful that you, that you came today. And what I would like to do is just ask if you have any like workshops or programs or anything, I would love to know how people can find you so that we can make sure that people can find you and learn more from you if they wish. And if you have anything coming up so that we can make people aware of that in case they would also like the great grand pleasure of learning from you and with you. (laughs) Never come with low expectations. Well, you know, because of COVID, things have a bit slowed down for me. So I'm revamping and learning to teach more online. But normally I would have, which are sort of like open covens every month in my yurt here, just outside of Calgary. But um, because of some new restrictions and things, just for ease and grace, I'm doing it online. So I do have a saw one gathering and we're going to do a banishing poppet together. And it's recorded. So this Thursday, I believe. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> but you can always find me on my website and I'm always adding different things that are coming up. Yeah. What's your website address? Uh, good question. Let me think. <laughs> www. <laughs> Jillian with a G uh, sounded with a J sound Jillian G I L L I N. And then it's that, this is a dash or a hyphen. What's that thing called? And then white, like the color. Yep. Dot com. Yeah, which is so funny because I'm not white. <laughs> and did you know my mom's maiden name was Brown? <laughs> oh my god. And gosh. she is brown. Yeah. I think it just kills me every time. <laughs> That's so funny. You even have diversity in your names. Right. <laughs> and then uh social media, because I follow you on Instagram. What's your social media or Instagram oh. handle? 
uh, weaving. I'm you all a hard question. Yeah, right you now. are. I have to think about those. What are they? Weaving soul magic. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And I'll, I'll make sure that I write these down and we'll put them in the captions of, we make some Facebook posts and uh, I'll put them in the captions of the podcast itself. Um, do you have any like parting words or final thoughts or anything that you want to kind of leave on? Well, I did have something I thought I can read quickly talking about magic. I'll read it to you quickly. Real magic is setting your day's intention in your mind while brushing your teeth. Real magic is surrounding your loved ones with white light or love as they head out the door. Real magic is kissing your children's boo-boos better. Real magic is infusing your cooking with love, whether it's brewing up mac and cheese or a five-course meal. <laughs> Real magic is unpainted nails, unbrushed hair, and a pair of sweatpants. Real magic is a connection with the folk magic of our ancestors. Real magic is simple, heartfelt, and approachable. Magic isn't about props and costumes, rather it is about being you. That's it. <laughs> I love that so much. Again, it just makes it just really approachable because I feel, again, just conversations I've had have been just so much, and again, especially with moms, because of course that's like my niche market, right? right? Yeah. Is <laughs> just having this pressure around creating this time for this big elaborate experience when really it's more about integrating it into every day and little moments and creating kind of presence and magic in each of those little moments that seem so mundane. And, but they're the most powerful because it comes from your heart and mm -hmm. people assume I'm, I do all these big rituals. That I do it with groups, but on my own, it's a walking prayer with my dogs and I pray for my family and that's where the magic really is. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank I'm you. so grateful. And thanks to everyone else for joining us on this episode of the spiritual boss. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Please click subscribe button. If you enjoyed this podcast, it does help people find us boost the algorithm, um, share it with your friends, uh, anything you can do, we are super grateful for. Um, we welcome emails, input, comments, suggestions, spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. Peace in, peace out.